the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity and happy 4th of July. I hope you have plans for family, fireworks, and hot dogs. As an immigrant to this country, I have to tell you, I love the 4th of July. My family moved to America in 1976, and we arrived on June 22nd, just in time for my first 4th of July, which was also the Bicentennial Celebration. I'm sure all of that excitement influenced my desire to serve in the Marine Corps for as long as I did. Uh, Probably that and the fact that I'm a slow learner, so it took about 37 years for me to figure it all out. Whatever the case, I was strongly influenced by Thomas Paine's famous quote, which says, What we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods, and it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. It may be cliché to say, but put simply, freedom is not free. As you know, I retired from the Marine Corps in May after many decades of service, numerous combat deployments, and many funerals for American sons who gave their lives in service to this nation. I can tell you firsthand that our freedom was not obtained cheaply, nor is it without relentless daily threat from godless self-interested forces who resent the challenge posed to spiritual, political, economic, and cultural slavery by free men and women committed in faith to the rewards of heaven. I know that's a bit of a mouthful, but it's the truth. As Christians, we are resented, and ironically, those who resent us depend on us for their freedom. Ronald Reagan put it like this, Freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation. For it comes only once to a people, and those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. With all of this said, for today's show, on this special weekend, from my heart, the question I would like to pose is, What must we, as Christian Americans, do to serve and defend the heavenly article of freedom with which we are so blessed and on which so much of the world relies? And here to help us with that question is Mr. Jason Yates, CEO of My Faith Votes, a nonpartisan movement that motivates, equips, and activates Christians in America to vote in every election, transforming communities, 
and influencing our nation with biblical truth. Jason, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Richard, it's just an honor that you would have me on for this topic and at this time uh, over the 4th of July and celebrating uh, the birth of our country and thinking through this question of what do we do? How do we hold on to the freedoms and liberties that we've been afforded? Mm. Yeah, uh, we don't have to look to see that they're under attack and friends, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone, and Jason, welcome. We've been waiting for this day. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we pray for your hand in this nation. We pray for the faith to know your will and for the strength to do it. On this special weekend, as we celebrate this nation in gratitude for the blessings of heaven and as we honor the sacrifices which made it possible, we ask you to speak into this conversation a message of truth and power. Let us not make the mistake of so many who have been silent in times of great moral crisis, only to find that history will laugh at them. And let us not pursue our own ends, but rather let us submit ourselves willingly to you and then resolve to do the work of your will. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, friends, from the My Faith Votes website, and as you know, on this show, we are great fans of My Faith Votes, I read this under the heading, Why We Exist. So this is why My Faith Votes exists. The battle is raging for the heart and soul of this nation. It's a battle over truth and how you and I will choose to live out our faith in the public square. As in the days of Isaiah, we are living in a culture that calls evil good and good evil. And for those of you who know the show, those are things that are very close to our heart. We say similar things. Jason, please tell us about your organization. Yeah, I'd be happy to. We got started uh, operationally in 2016. We were working with Dr. Ben Carson on a book that he was writing and in the process of that, we learned that in 2012, there were 25 million Christians who were registered to vote, but didn't vote in that presidential election. And we just couldn't believe it. We just thought, what is going on? Why are so many people not bringing the influence of their faith into this area of politics, why have they chosen to not live out their faith in, in this arena? Because it affects all of us. I often say, you know, the things that we're facing, they're not political issues. They're cultural issues. They're things that affect all of us, but there are political solutions. And if we abdicate our responsibility, if we uh, step aside from the public square and from elections, then we we leave that space and those solutions to those who don't agree with us and don't respect the values that we have. And so it's it's no wonder, you know, we look around and scratch our heads and, and all the things that, as I often say, the nonsense that's going on. We scratch our heads and say, why is all this happening? Well, I think the church 
has been taking a comfortable nap. And my faith vote is is working to change that, not for political power, but to help us faithfully engage in a way that we take a stand, but we are being honoring to Christ and to our Father in every way when we do that. So that's what My Faith Vote is about. Um, we're equipping, resourcing, and as you read, motivating Christians to be engaged in the public square and to put their faith into action. Yeah, uh, you said so many powerful things there. In 2016, I went on a cruise with Dr. Uh, Carson and Candy, and uh, that was in Europe shortly after he had uh, dropped out of the election. And um, it was great to meet him and uh, his wife, who's so kind. Um, Mm -hmm. You said that politics is downstream of culture, and we say often on this show, culture is downstream of faith. And so our job as Christians is to stand at the intersection of faith and the secular world, to stand firm, to ask what would God say, what is the next right thing to do, and then to shape the culture that produces the politicians who will either save this nation or destroy it. And so um, as you think through these things, uh, the American voter, the Christian voter, why is it that 25 million Christians did not vote? You said the church has been taking a comfortable nap, but certainly there must be more to it than that. Well, there is, and I think we've... um in some ways we've been deceived in some ways we have been taking a nap and we've been apathetic. Um, and, and frankly, in some ways we've been a little bit self-righteous when I say deceived, I mean that there, um, we've bought, there's a number of Christians who have bought into the lie that there's a separation of church and state. Um, you know, that's not in our founding documents. It's not in the Declaration. It's not in the Constitution. Um, It was a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury uh, Baptists uh, explaining some things, but we believed this fact, (laughs) believed it as fact, that there's a separation, and therefore we shouldn't bring our faith into the area of the public square. And so I that is a lie. We, we we live in America where it's we the people. We're all expected to bring our values and our experiences into the process uh, and represent our our interests. And so um, I think that's part of it. I think, um, but there's also, and I hate to use say this because it sounds a little condemning or or judgmental, but. I, I believe that some people are self-righteous. They say, I could never vote for anyone on the candidate. You know, it's all too ugly. Um, this whole political thing's just a mess, and I can't bring my faith into that. And I think we have to recognize that we're all sinners, um, that we, we are still called to the process. And so... Um, we are the salt and the light in this world. Um, if we leave it, if we if we say, oh, I can't, that's too dirty, I can't do that, or I can't vote for any of those people, and therefore don't get involved, um, 
then we are, as I said before, leaving those choices to those we don't agree with. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of reasons. As you say, it's complex. There's lots of reasons why it's happening. It's it's divisive. It's um, you know deceiving, um, etc. So we we have to overcome those things. Absolutely. You again, you made such brilliant points. We just did a series on fatherhood through June in honor of Father's Day. And one of the things that we said is that there's a leadership vacuum. And we saw leadership vacuums in Germany after World War I. We saw leadership vacuums in uh, Afghanistan after the Soviets left. And anytime there's a leadership vacuum, it pulls in all manner of evil. And in the context of fatherhood, we said that when fathers abscond their responsibility, then society and government come in with all kinds of buffoonery. And so as Christians do not stand at the polls and vote, they abscond their responsibility, they create a vacuum, and that's one of the reasons we have so much to be regretful for at the present time. And we're going to talk more about this when we return. Stay with us. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. Or visit CourageousChristianity.today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mandelow, and we are talking to Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, about Christians and voting. And before we went to break, I was talking about leadership vacuums. And Jason, I'd like you to speak into that, no pun intended, speak into that vacuum. And uh, what do you think about the idea of a leadership vacuum? Well, when I think about leaders and I think about um, the quality of leaders, and, and I think we can apply this not only to individuals, but I think we can also apply this to our nation and and sort of the the spirit of our nation and the qualities that define us. Because the question is, Richard, um, you know, we're celebrating 276 years of our nation. The question is, how long can this great experiment persist? And um, so I think it's worth saying, okay, what is it? What are those qualities? that that will help us thrive not just survive but thrive and 
I think about it from this perspective, and it applies to individual leaders as well, but it's humility first and foremost. It's recognizing it's not all about me and being able to look outward um, to serve and to um, protect and see others. There's, There's also a quality, I would say, of presence. Presence is about relationship and it's about awareness. Presence says, I see you, I hear you, and it builds a bridge to be able to have conversation with others, even others you don't agree with. And then finally, there's courage. Courage that says, in light of all of that, I am going to take a stand. I see what is happening, and I'm going to take a stand on the issues that really, really matter. I'm reminded of 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. So that be on your guard is sort of that, that what I talked about present. It's being alert, understanding what's happening, not just avoiding it or ignoring it, but being alert and aware but standing firm, being strong, being courageous. Um, I think as a nation, we've had those traits. We've shared those attributes. The question is, are those, um, do we still hold and share those same straight, those traits? And what is it going to take? And it does take individuals, individual leaders like you, Richard, to be able to speak boldly into these things to call people to put their faith into action and to stand strong on right and wrong and what really matters. I couldn't agree more. And you've touched on something that's so upsetting to me. I have said, as churches put on a bigger and bigger spectacle on Sundays to draw Christians in, in order to have the revenue that allows them to keep the lights of these big buildings on, We have created a religion of spectators. I think the same is true in America at large as we watch the Super Bowl, as we watch the uh, circus of politics, as we have access to worldwide news and think that we function at the strategic level. Many of us have become spectators, and we fail to function at the local level. And the tragedy of that is we miss the opportunity right outside the door for this mythical opportunity that we think we have in deciding whether Russia should invade the Ukraine and all of these other massive uh, things. And we also happily don't have to deal with the accountability of what we do and what we don't do. So I think you touched on something so important, and I love the idea that you began with humility. Because humility says, as we stand firm in faith, It's not what we think that's right. It's what God tells us that's right, and we have the humility to be submitted to him. Because if we just run around doing what we think is right, we're no different than the other people who are doing what they think is right. And so this is very important because Abraham Lincoln said, plant your feet in what is right and stand firm. And so it immediately begs the question, what is right? And I love that you brought out the fact that humility is the submission to what God says is right, that we then have the servant leadership and the presence and the courage to put forth each day. 
Um, and our founding fathers, our founding fathers recognized this in the Declaration of Independence. They made it clear that this is based on, as it says, nature's law and nature's God. It recognizes that there's something bigger outside of us and that our unalienable rights come from a creator. And so it's not about us. There's something that supersedes us. Now, we may disagree on what that something is, but it's so important that we recognize that there is something bigger um, and that we are submitting to that. And if we don't, here's, and it's always good to contrast and say, what if we don't, right? And if we don't, then we make government God. We make government God, and we solve the world's problems through government. It grows, it gets bigger, and it fails us time was, and time again. Wasn't it Ronald Reagan who said, government doesn't solve problems, government is the problem? <laughs> That's right. There's, That's a, right. there's a humble man who reached across the aisle to Tip O'Neill, and they did the work of this nation as opposed to now— where everything is basically bought and paid for. Uh, I, I'm just amazed, talk about a leadership vacuum, how Americans have allowed corporations to interpose themselves between us and our elected officials uh, with no penalty. It's the most bizarre thing to me. But, Christy, what were you saying? I would interject that, yes, we've, we make government God, but we also make ourselves God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hearing a lot of the me, 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 I, 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 Whereas we need to look from humility at the awesome yeah. <laughs> opportunity we have as a nation. And I think we've lost that. Well, uh, it's dormant. Maybe it's just dormant because yeah. uh, as an immigrant to this country, I have to tell you, you don't really know how amazing the United States of America is until you come from somewhere else. And as much as I travel, I see all kinds of people from all kinds of places just uh, getting it done, uh, bringing their hearts to stuff. And uh, this is a great nation and it will be a great nation as long as we revere it and treat it with uh, respect. Speaking of some of the founding fathers ideas, I love how you included that. Christy and I were just talking about it last night and something I did want to mention, friends, if you're interested in reading an amazing document, George Washington, 1796 Farewell Address, speaks to everything uh, that is going on today. He says very succinctly, uh, ultimately, that a nation's felicity must be connected to its virtue. And that virtue is in us. It's in each one of us, as with humility, we bring ourselves to God and then go out on the spiritual battlefield and do his will, not with anger, not with hatred, but as Jason said, with curiosity, as we connect with each other, as we have relationships and awareness, and that is our strongest uh, opportunity. And then also Ronald Reagan's 1967 gubernatorial inaugural address when he took over as the governor of California. So, Jason, uh, you made some uh, amazing uh, things, and Toward the end there, I talked about uh, corporations interposing themselves. And uh, Hmm. in 1995, uh, Dr. Joseph Leconte said this in uh, 
article called The Seven Deadly Sins of Government Funding. He said, with the lure of lucrative grants and contracts, government is quietly orchestrating one of the most profound and overlooked shifts in public policy in a generation. So, friends, it's overlooked, but we've talked about it now. There must be awareness. That was 1995. We are now over 20 years past that, if my math is even close, 27 years. And it's ugly. And as I said with fathers, you can't give up your seat at the head of the table to Apple or Google, and neither can you allow your politicians to serve Apple and Google. They serve you. And holding them accountable is the job of an American voter. And so, Jason, from your perspective, do you really think that there are anti-American, anti-Christian forces using science, economics, and policy to attack Christians? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, before I became CEO of My Faith Votes, I spent 25 years in corporate America. I, I know what it's like to be part of a large corporation and to have uh, a set of values basically pushed down your throat. I was at a meeting not long ago, and it was about civics, and it it wasn't a meeting of Christians. It was a meeting of um, a number of nonprofit organizations uh, that are probably leaning left more than right. Uh, it was corporations such as Target and Starbucks and Facebook and uh, Twitter represented. And they started the meeting by saying this, Richard, and I'll never forget it. I, it's, it's stuck in my brain. Corporations are the cultivators of culture. Mm-hmm. And I believe it. They are forcing and in, in driving culture and what we believe and what we value um, through their marketing and through their, um, their training and their corporate cultures that they're developing. So many people work for large corporations and are um, having to face this every day. You talk about contagious and courageous Christianity. This is a place that's the battleground. It's in corporate America and whether or not as Christians we will stand when it doesn't agree with us. I think that's amazing. I was just lamenting the same thing in uh, some corporate experience I had recently. Friends, stay with us. We're talking with Jason Yates of My Faith Votes about the American political opportunity that we have to change and reshape this nation as God would have us do. Stay with us. I get so They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit 
freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a friend or family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Can we find a friend so faithful? Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, an amazing organization helping to motivate Christians to vote and to participate in the political process, to bend the political process to our values, which, if we're living correctly, are the values of God. And I read uh, recently that one in three Christians do not vote consistently. And it reminds me of an Abraham Lincoln uh, quote in the election of 1864. He said this, We cannot have free government without elections. And if the rebellion could force us to forego or postpone a national election, it might fairly claim to have already conquered and ruined us. And I bring that up because, friends, if you don't vote, then you're saying that uh, you don't have a voice in this country. You've given up your voice, and the forces arrayed against you have already conquered you and won. And I'm not willing to give that up because the devil might be pervasive in his work, and this perverse society in which we live might be exemplative of that. But although his work is easy because he doesn't have rules, we have one thing on our side. And the thing that we have on our side is for evil to win over good, every single bit of good, every good person has to uh, be conquered. And as long as there is one good man or woman, then the devil can't win. So he has to eradicate all of us. So every time you stand up and vote intelligently and with enthusiasm as an honored duty, having done your research, you are making yourself that person. So, Jason, as we uh, speak to Christians about coming to the poll and being that person, what would you say? Mm. Um First, I, I just want to say there's so many people um, who agree with us and when we got uh, my faith votes and when we got started and, and just can't believe that there's other Christians out there 
who aren't voting and they're saying, what, what can I do, right? And, and My Faith Votes, we hear that from so many people just wondering, okay, but what can I do? How can I make a difference? I'm only one person. And a lot of times we think about that even with our vote. It's only one vote. But we have to be found faithful with it. And we have to choose action over apathy or indifference. And so, um, you know, James tells us that our faith is action oriented and it's meant to be acted upon. And so we created a program we call Action Partners uh, with My Faith Votes. And people can sign up with us and it's not volunteering for My Faith Votes, but when you sign up, we're going to give you tools and resources and opportunities to do just that, to put your faith into action in your communities, in your state, and impact that for good, um, impact our nation for good. Uh, there's, a, there's a Bible verse that I'm fond of. It's Galatians 6.10, and it says, as we have opportunity let us do good to everyone, but especially those of the faith. And so as, as you choose to put your faith into action, as you choose to vote and be found faithful with that, that is an opportunity to do good and bring good into your community and into the public square. You know, the verse right before it, though, says, don't grow weary. And I think too many Christians are growing weary, and we, we've just got to remember that it is in God's control. His kingdom has been decided, and it is victorious, but we are still to be found faithful in all that we do. Amen. I love uh, where you're taking that, and you touched on uh, Christians obeying those in authority. Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says, the authorities that exist have been established by God. Well, friends, how do you think that happens? Does he say, Domino Nabisco shredded wheat, this guy's going to be elected? No. What he does is he instills his values on us in our hearts. He writes them on the tablet of our hearts, his scriptures. Mm -hmm. And then when we go to the voting booth, and when we're on the street, as we act out God's values, that's how authorities are established. And then we are obedient to those authorities because they're established for God's purposes. I think I, we're seeing some um, results of people standing now with some of the religious uh, liberties uh, that have been upheld recently. And I, so I think we should be encouraged in that. Absolutely. We see the change that uh, President Trump brought to the Supreme Court and how that political change, which was brought about by people saying, I've had enough of this culture, and there was a large Christian following, and now we have a Supreme Court that actually cares about the Constitution. And you touched on the separation of church and state early on, and we all know uh, that it's to separate uh, the church from the influence of state, not state from the influence of the church. So once again, it's as Christians act out according to the values of God that we shape the world around us. 
because we talk often on the show about the intersection of faith and the secular world and that intersection being a classroom. And God's going to conduct class with the appointed meetings that he chooses. Somebody's going to be the student. Somebody's going to be the teacher. Something's going to get learned. And either we're shaping them or they're shaping us. So, Jason, you mentioned action partners. How else can people get involved or or make make this difference? Yeah, you mentioned impact, and we are seeing some incredible impact from Christians showing up, and and many of the recent rulings from the Supreme Court are things that we can celebrate uh, because they do uphold the Constitution, and they're grounded in uh, a right perspective of what's good. I would say this, though. As it, My Faith Votes has gotten involved at the local level as well, and the state level. Last year in Virginia, we saw a lot of parents rising up and coming against the nonsense that we're hearing about in schools and challenging what's happening in school districts. And because of that, we saw some incredible wins. It's when we started, My Faith Votes started a campaign that we've launched already for the midterm elections. It's called Right Now. It's not, it's W-R-I-T-E. And we're providing a way for people to sign up and write letters. They actually don't write the letter. They just print it off and put a small handwritten note at the bottom of it but be able to send it off to other Christians who aren't likely to vote. And we in, we're able to encourage others to do just that. And I'll tell you what, we did this in Virginia, and we saw a 20% increase in turnout from those Christians who received those letters. It's, it works. You talk about impact. We're having impact. I invite anyone who's interested in that to go to My Faith Votes dot org slash start writing and we can get them connected in that program myfaithvotes.org forward slash writing start writing start writing friends you heard it and these things sound little and you might think that there's uh you're just a pebble and it's a tidal wave but uh, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. And it's in the unity of Christ, according to uh, what he says is right, that we uh, have such an amazing political effect. We are 70% of the United States of America. 70% of the U.S. Mm-hmm. identifies as Christian. Sadly, two decades ago, it was 80%. And so if you imagine 70% at the voting booth, voting according to God's values, uh, not what we think is right, not what I invent is right as I'm sitting in front of the news watching CNN or Fox or um, something like that, but what God says is right, and then you vote that. Imagine the power, especially as we connect, as Jason said, with the letter-writing campaign. I love the letter-writing campaign. I want to bring in the my personal experience with your website, Jason, I loved as the elections were coming up, I guess every election, um, I can't remember exactly, but uh, the educational tools that you had on your website. Can you speak more to that? Yeah. 
Well, we break everything up into three categories. And the first is starting with prayer. We know that in everything, we need to come before the Lord's throne, pray about it, seek his face. And so we want to encourage and equip people with resources to pray and pray specifically for what's happening in our nation. Then we have a section around think. We need to think biblically. We need to understand the issues from a biblical perspective. And so we have a a long list of resources to help people in that way. And then last, it's really act, but in our case, vote. Our main action is voting. And so we're equipping people with ways to learn about what's going on, understand the party platforms, uh, and know when elections are happening and be reminded about that. You know, I think it's sort of a formula for the Christian life, right? Pray, think, and act. (laughs) That's what we should be doing in everything. And we're just trying to organize all of our tools and resources in that way. Hmm. Friends, I think you're hearing some very powerful um, action points. As we speak with Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, and he said to pray, to think biblically, and to act, and that act in this context is to vote. And we're going to talk more with Jason in the final segment. Please stay with us. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. But the songs, they won't stop coming And I'm bursting at the seams Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're back in the final segment with Mr. Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, talking about one of the most important things we could talk about Christians doing, and that is participating in government. We said that culture's downstream of faith. That means we shape culture. And we said politics is downstream of culture. That means as we change culture, we change government. I liken it to uh, my experience in Afghanistan. I was on a tiny little combat outpost in the middle of nowhere, and 33 guys on my team, nine of whom were interpreters. 
And we were embedded with 470 Afghan border policemen, and our job was to go outside the wire every day, teach them how to fight, and help uh, the Afghans to make decisions about what would be best for their nation. Either they allowed the Taliban to keep uh, bullying them, or they stood up for themselves. And if we'd have thought that the entire effort in Afghanistan rested on the 33 of us, we may have felt overwhelmed. But as we went outside the wire each day, there were other Marines and other units outside the wire in their areas. And so as you step out your front door, you may sometimes feel like it's too big and it's too much and you're one little person. But you have to remember, as you look at all the houses in the neighborhood, there are people stepping out of their doors too. And so if each of us is submitted first in prayer to God, reading our Bible, thinking about what it means to be a Christian, that we shape the world and we don't allow the world to shape us, that we are making decisions that will affect our children, we don't have to feel small because the God of all creation goes with us in everything we do. And so, Jason, as we look at the last uh, couple things that you would want to say that you would want to leave people with, you talked about courage and action based on identity. Tell us more about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, you know, we don't do anything outside of how we see ourselves and how we see the world. Um, All of our actions, all of our behaviors are based on that, on our identity, how we see ourselves. And so it's so important. It's why Christ focuses so much on identity Uh, when he's speaking to his disciples and helping them understand who they are and who he is. Um, It's it's why he prays for unity, because that is about our identity and who we belong to and who we join with. Um, Paul writes about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians in chapter 12, and we've got to realize, no, we can't do it all. Just as you said, if 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 you felt like that band of 30-some people were, were it and were the deciding factors, then you would lose hope. But we recognize as part of the body of Christ that we all have been given spiritual gifts, talents, and we're to use that. Um, but it also means that we're just simply to show up. I mentioned Galatians 6.10, as we have opportunity, God gives us opportunity every single day. It's a question of, do we have a right frame of mind around our identity and who we are? Because Christ tells us we are salt and light. If we believe that, then we are going to want to bring that into the world and to bring, I mean, darkness goes away when light enters. And so are we going to bring that? If we understand that, have that right frame of mind, it drives us to action. Faith is action-oriented. It's why My Faith Votes, our name is what it is, is because we understand it's, it's the perspective of our faith that then drives us to vote. It's action-oriented based on our identity. Well, friends, I I think you're hearing something very important, and that is that I believe it's John chapter 1, verse 13, when we're told that uh, for those who believed in Christ, we became children of God. 
and that is who we are. And as Jason said earlier, the story's already written. So we do win. But we win when we shape the world around us. We don't sit on the sofa, eat popcorn, and wait to see how things turn out. We get involved. Jason said some uh, amazing things. Uh, In humility, as servant leaders, we show up with relationship and awareness, not to tell people that they're wrong, but to connect with people. We know Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19 talk about the things God hates and the things he despises. And the thing that the creator of the universe takes the time to despise is people who cause disharmony in the community. So it's not about doing it our way. It's not about browbeating people. It's about connecting with people and letting them see what God looks like in us, in in a radiant joy that comes from who we are as sons and daughters of the Most High God, forgiven for all of our sins, for the good that we can do. And as you know, I love that poem, which says, I live for those who love me, whose hearts are kind and true, for the heaven that smiles above me and awaits my spirit too, for the cause that lacks assistance, for the wrong that needs resistance, for the future in the distance, and the good that I can do. And so, friends, as individuals, we can do good, and collectively, that good is overwhelming, as history tells us so. So, any last words, uh, Jason? Just encouragement and and um, for everyone listening, uh, as as we've said already, you know, there's a world out there that needs us that is is confused. That's why we have nonsense going on um, because it's confusion. We've got to show up. We've got to, as you said, bring that sense of joy and love. That's what happens when we show up, even though. Others may not see it right away or understand it. That is the impact and the effect that we have. Amen. Friends, that is the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And today, our moment of truth comes from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, and it says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I said recently that if we do what we think is right without asking what God says is right, then we're no different from the enemies of God in this nation who also do what they think is right. If we want a godly nation, we must pursue the things of God. We must value what God says is valuable, and we must vote for godly people and hold them accountable by filtering everything they say and do through Scripture. Our freedom depends on our submission to God and our government's submission to us. Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Friends, If your heart's desire is to heal this land, you must delight yourself in the things of God and vote accordingly. And that brings us to our quote of the day, and I have two quotes for you. Benjamin Disraeli, a political conservative and two-time prime minister of the United Kingdom, said, Man is not a creature of circumstances. Circumstances are the creatures of man. Many Christians feel that 
They are what's left when the world is done with them. And if that's true, it's because we've allowed it. Present circumstances in this nation are the creatures of men. If ungodly, they have resulted from a lack of effective, courageous participation by Christians in politics, in community, in the justice system, on school boards, and on the boards of directors that run this nation's corporations. We participate with our attention, our voice, our money, and our votes. If we do not like our circumstances, then it's time to fight back. Dante said, The hottest places in hell are reserved for those who, in a period of great moral crisis, maintain their neutrality, and Dr. Martin Luther King echoed that in the 1960s. The thing about truth is that it's always true, and the time for neutrality has passed. Jesus does a lot of things, but leaving middle ground is not one of them. As Christians, we are God's people called by his name. If we want to heal our land, then it's time for us to act like it. It's not about being liked. If you are liked by this world, then you're doing something wrong. It's about prayer. It's about seeking God in everything, and it's about his truth. First, we must know his truth, and then we must live his truth. Then we must speak his truth, and then we must vote his truth. The world does not change us. We stand firm in faith, and we change the world. And that's courageous Christianity. So just to review a few things that Jason said, there is a leadership vacuum which we fill in humility as servant leaders with our presence in relationship with awareness of the stakes and the issues. We take courage and we stand firm. And it's that simple and that hard. Yeah, I got it. The takeaway I have, if your identity is in Christ, then your action is clear. Absolutely. Well, shoot, why didn't you just say that up front? <laughs> well, I had to hear Jason say Jason and I could have been drinking coffee. That's absolutely right. It's inspired right. me. I'm motivated. Okay. <laughs> there you go. You guys did a great job. Friends, I hope you're feeling um, encouraged. It matters. Who you are matters. What you do matters well beyond yourself. That's the amazing glory of Christianity. Jason, would you add anything to that? I just want to say happy birthday to America. It is a great experiment that God has blessed. Let's continue to show up and be found faithful. Let's keep it great. Amen. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, the word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app. want to thank uh, Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes. Wish you, sir, a very happy 4th of July. And friends, we are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.